we need small businesses. And right now, they need us. So Verizon is connecting big names in entertainment with small businesses around the country. Verizon brings you Pay It Forward Live, a weekly live stream featuring big names in entertainment to support small businesses. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on at Verizon's Twitter or Twitch, Yahoo and Files Channel 501 at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Small businesses need us now more than ever. Feral Audio. Uh, hello, sweetheart. Uh, this is your grandmother, Grandma Emmy. Um, I can't say I'm surprised that you're not picking up the phone, uh, but that's that's neither here nor there. I I, I wanted to call you because I am uh, I'm concerned about your sexuality. Uh, you know, it's been many years since your grandfather has been in heaven. Uh, and before that, I, I don't think you understand that uh, I grew up in a very repressed time. And when I see kids today walking around and on television talking so openly about, you know, the L word and, uh, I mean, the show and talking about you know, sex in, in, in your towns. I, I'm, I get furious because I am so jealous. You don't understand what it was like to have needs and urges in a time when, when, when we, had, we had the poodles on our skirts. Look, my favorite podcast, This Feels Terrible, has a deal right now with a website that has sexy thing on it and I know that you feel a little nervous or embarrassed about buying a box of condoms or a vibrating uh, helper but you shouldn't because it's ridiculous and you should take advantage of this time and of this great deal if you go to uh, adameve.com and type in the code word terrible, the promo word, the promo code word, terrible, uh, you will get 50% off of almost any item, any item in the entire store. There's there's things with your bottom, there's things with your feet, there, anything you want. I bought a bunch of stuff uh, just to do it on my own, and uh, I don't know, maybe the ghost of your grandfather will visit someday. I'm I I digress. Uh, if you type in the code word terrible, you get 50% off of any item and uh, three free adult DVDs. So uh, please, sweetheart, please, you don't have to tell me whether you did it or not, but I am dying and is my dying wish. I wish for you to be comfortable with your sexuality. All right. Uh... I just realized that the mailman has been standing. <laughs> oh, that's so stupid. Uh, you grandmother out? Hi, uh, welcome to this feels terrible. I'm not Aaron McGathy. Uh, I'm a very sick producer, Dustin. Uh, very sick. But uh, due to scheduling conflicts, Aaron McGathy could not record the wraparounds for this awesome episode today. It's another live episode of This Feels Terrible. Uh, recorded at UCB Theater, starring Lindsay Ames. Matt Bennett, and Dan Harmon. It's really good. It's very similar to the uh, shows we have in our shop at fairlaudio.com slash shop. And we're hoping with last week's and this week's, you can see why um, This Feels Terrible Live is so good. And maybe you'll uh, spend a few dollars and buy some of our live shows. But uh, there's a special thing Aaron's making me do. I don't know why she's so busy. Literally cake baking is consuming her life. I think she's... As far as I know, she's making over 20 cakes a day. Now, I don't think that's healthy. 
think aesthetically it's pleasing. I think it makes people happy. But I, I, I'm seeing, I'm seeing some obsessive compulsive behavior happen. I think, but they're so, they taste so good and they're so amazing, and uh, artistically, they're sculptures now. They're layers. There's like four cakes in one now, and there's, I don't know. She's an artist. She's making me do something weird, of course. Um, I've been instructed, due to these scheduling conflicts, Erin was unable to be here, and she's making me read an email. Um, I have not practiced this. I'm not allowed to see it. I must perform it and read it on air. So I'm reading this for the first time. I'm going to give it my best go. Here we go. Good morrow, dearest listener of the This Feels Terrible... Oh, oh, I see what she did here. Good morrow, dearest listener of This Feels Terrible, the podcast. Due to immaculate intervention, i.e. scheduling conflicts, our ever-affable host, Aaron McGathy, was unable to record the intro for this episode of This Feels Terrible... Continuing in TFT's tradition of breaking barriers, I, Dustin Marshall, producer of This Feels Terrible, and other podcasts on the Feral Audio Network, such as Calling Out Chelsea Spaghetti, Duncan's Family Power Hour, and The One with Steve Agee, <laughs> will be filling in and recording today's intro. Before I introduce today's episode, which was recorded live at the UCB Theater in Los Angeles, I'd like to share some information about myself. You may know me as the most innovative and hardworking podcast producer working today, a master weaver of sound tapestries, if you will. But what you may not know about me is that I am also a master of sound effects. Uh, all right. Allow me to demonstrate my skill as a verbal sound effects man. Fuck ye, fuck you. I'm not doing this. You're such a bastard. Uh, allow me to demonstrate my skills as a verbal sound effects man by taking you on a tour of the circus. <laughs> as we enter the circus tent, we pass Antonio, the popcorn maker who is pouring kernels into his bright red machine. We watch them burst into fluffy, delicious white clouds. Pop, 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 pop! Mmm... Two large boxes, please. I'm red in the face, and I'm all alone. And no, I'm in a... Oh, God. Oh, I'm embarrassed. Aaron, all right. I'm going to have a breakdown. Uh, as we climb to our seats, we make eye contact with a young mother who is comforting her infant son. He's never seen a lion before. <laughs> <laughs> Wah, goo-goo, gah, wah, wah. You'll be okay, little baby. Oh, the show's about to start. Three elephants triumphantly enter the ring. Faroova! 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 They are joined by a clown, a rodeo clown, and a dancing lady. Honk, yee-haw, tappity-tappity-tap. Oh no, a giant alien-shaped ship has entered the tent. Aliens are murdering the crowd and the performers and their intergalactic laser guns. Beep, boop, beep, boop. Ah! Ah! Well, at least we have popcorn. Nom, nom, nom. The end. If you'd like to learn about my skills as a special effects artist, please visit my website, marshallofsound.com. Now, on to the show. Hey. Hey. Uh, I just, I just did this. I just read your email. Yeah. You're a monster. <laughs> did you do it? Yeah, I did it. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> My name is Erin McGathy. Uh, this Feels Terrible is a podcast, but it started as a live show here at the UCB. Who here has never heard the podcast before? By I would know I put up my hand. Applaud, applaud your hands together. Push your hands together. Oh, 
great. So a uh, great number of you. Uh, welcome. Uh, this Feels Terrible is a show about relationships and pain. I'm, I, I have to say, uh, full disclosure, I'm feeling a little lightheaded because I forgot to eat today. And when I hear people say I forgot to eat today, my, my internal reaction is, fuck you. All I think about is eating. And I have a problem with eating. And I eat too much. But I, I genuinely forgot to eat today. Which part of me, I'm like, oh, it's a personal victory that I uh, didn't think about food today. But also, I'm a little lightheaded um, and delighted by my, by my surprise. Um, audience, is there anybody here who has, uh, who has gone through a breakup recently or is dealing with something heartfelt or is in pain is there a is a person I know I mean you guys don't look happy <laughs> is there somebody here right here in the front row uh, come on down sir what is your name Connor Connor we've met Connor everybody Connor uh, on the podcast, I talk to uh, comedians and actors and, and people about their relationships and stuff. Uh, we're going to try to fix Connor really quick. Fix me. <laughs> Connor, what's going on? Um, so there's this girl that I've known, like I knew in college, mm-hmm. and we became, we became friends through a mutual friend like a year ago, and totally had a crush on her, like from when we started hanging out, she's really cool and pretty and not normal because I don't like I just like abnormal people whether it's friends or like women okay so uh, can you define normal and not normal I mean she's just uh, that's like not, in the in I'm the not, context of a restaurant what does a normal person do and what does a not normal person do oh uh, that's uh, now I'm gonna make normal people make myself sound like an asshole but uh <laughs> I don't know she's just she's different like doesn't <laughs> this is the most vague like instead of going to work she flies kites or like what do you what do you mean yeah, totally. Or like, like I guess likes music that's not mainstream. And now I'm just going. To, now, now I'm just being stereotypical. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Sorry, I'm saying. No, it's okay. I'm fine. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have a good description of not normal. I guess. Okay, so now you. So she's pretty normal, but um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we became friends. Uh, had a crush on her. Kind of like hung out a couple times, but she wasn't really into it. Mm-hmm. How and did then, how did you uh, well, how did she alert you see, that she wasn't into it? See, well, I mean, it was just it's one of those things where you're too vague with someone. Like, oh, let's hang out. Not, hey, I'm interested in you more than a friend. Mm. Let's hang out that way. Right. She's so, like, yeah, I love attention. Let's yeah, hang out. I Take know. me somewhere. Yeah, you're a nice person and not a <laughs> douchebag. Sure, but uh, yeah. So we, I mean. It was just, it was mostly just like kind of friend dates, like, oh, let's go to lunch on campus, which is totally lame. <laughs> the laugh is warranted. It's fine, but yeah. And then, uh, are you are you still in school? You're not. No, still in no, school. no. I finished in May. But, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you. But yeah, so like, but we didn't see her, see each other for three months because like I was really busy doing projects. She was finishing school. I mean, it's graduation, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I, I got the clue in like February, not into me. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's fine. I'll let that go. What was the clue? It was just, I mean, well, first off, she started seeing somebody else. So that's a pretty good clue. <laughs> <laughs> so more, n- not so, so much a clue as, a, as opposed to like a general fact. Mm-hmm. But so I didn't see her for three months, but I kind of got over it, which is cool. Like I was busy enough to where I forgot about it. And then graduation rolls around run into her at school. She's excited to see me. It was cool. And then uh, graduation night, I see her. Because we, 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 like, rented out a dive bar, my class. And so it was, like, the best kind of bar. So right. we both ended up just getting really drunk and, like, made out a lot. So it was cool. But it was also, like, the next day and the next few days where I was like, oh, I actually have feelings for you. Like, was that not... Did you not feel anything? And she didn't respond for a while. She's like, I'm listening to David Bowie's early EP. <laughs> right? I can't hang out. <laughs> so we, we basically... My mood is purple. <laughs> we, we spent this last summer, like... She eventually, she was like, yeah. She's like, I want to hang out with you. Like, I don't know if I like you, but let's hang out. And so we spent... <laughs> <laughs> I know, that yeah, sounds yeah. so terrible. But we hung out a lot of the summer, just like as friends, nothing serious... <laughs> And then, Were you driving? 
Was I driving? Like, yeah. When you guys would go places, did you drive? Yeah, I drove. <laughs> yeah. And I drove. I paid. I did the date. We did datey stuff. But uh, oh, yeah, and it got to a point where I was like, look, I, I was like, I like hanging out with you. We're friends, but I'm really sick. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't want to be just friends with you. Like, do you know what you want yet? And she was like, I don't know what I want. Eventually decided she didn't want to be with anybody. And then we got, she got, we got in an argument and not that same night, but like she got mad at me for asking her if we could clear things up. She got like angry at me for wanting to know what was going on. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> because you wanted to ruin uh, the dynamic that she was so comfortable yeah, with, was which was fun. this guy being in love with her and driving her around <laughs> places. And yeah, exactly. I see this as somebody who's uh, who who in the past did that, for sure. You can you repeat that? I didn't understand. Uh, well, I, I've been I've been oh, that yeah. girl. Mm-hmm. I spent a summer with this with this guy uh, named Chris, where he would just drive me places and then drop me off. <laughs> and he told me that he liked me, and I was like, "Look, like let's not ruin our friendship. Just drop me off here." <laughs> uh, awful, it's bad. But yeah. like she'll she'll get over that. Totally. And you'll get over being well, interested in that. But don't, don't. Well, stop dating the Zoe Deschanel. No, yeah. Circa 2003. So that happened. She got mad at me. We didn't talk for a week and a half. Then a friend of ours, like a mutual friend of ours, had a going away party. She was moving to New York. And she, she go. this girl goes that I was interested in. Um, and then we don't, we don't talk. I say hi, but we don't really talk. And then we get really smashed again and end up, of course, hooking up again for like hours on the roof, which is really cool. But it's also really awful. I love that you always qualify your makeouts as really cool. <laughs> as opposed to, like, she didn't eat my was, cheek. Like, there was no pain. Uh, so it was really cool. But it was cool. And then eventually, like, she was still like, I don't know what I want. So I told her I was, I just told her I was finished with it. And now it's like, we're friends, but we pretend like we don't care about each other. Because, like, we don't, we don't talk really anymore. Or do, like, just keep in contact like we kind of used to. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely, like, <coughs> feeling that, and that sucks because she's someone I really care about. And we get along really well. Yeah, but... she sounds perfect. Go to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've done her so much justice by these descriptions. But No, I'm sure, I'm sure she's super fun to hang out with, and I don't want to throw her under the bus. I yeah. think it's immaturity. No, I, I mean, both of us have been stupid and immature during this, totally. But yes. Connor, are you looking to meet somebody? I mean... Not really. I'm kind of just. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what are you doing after this feels terrible? I mean, or where where can ladies in the audience find you? Where can't they find me? Well, <laughs> the guy at Birds said they have happy hour, and that's appealing. So yeah, they also have happy hours at every bar. Every bar. <laughs> the drawing room is like a nonstop happy hour. So. Absolutely. But yeah. Well, you know. You're, how old are you? You're 24? 22. 22. Oh, geez. Well, you know. The, I mean, <laughs> none of this matters. <laughs> it's totally fine. Uh, yeah, you, the, the, it's a maturity thing. You'll be fine. You weren't asking for my advice. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's a weird thing, and I'm young and don't understand women, so if you had any. If I had any women? I, no. <laughs> had, I don't know. If you had any advice, I'd. Now I guess I am asking you for advice. <laughs> uh, you are going to be fine, and uh, don't don't enable your friend who's who's being shitty right now. Will I will not. All right, Connor, everybody. Um, at the height of my uh, quote-unquote manic pixie dream girl stage, uh, which Connor is describing, I, I had this friend in college who had a crush on me, and I had a boyfriend back home, and I had him take sexy... I knew that, he had, I knew that this guy had a crush on me, and he was a friend. I had him take sexy pictures of me for my boyfriend back home and like would have him turn around like had my clothes off and would cover up certain parts of myself and be like okay turn around and then he would take a picture and um, we have not spoken in years and years and years for good reason um, so this show started out as a storytelling show uh, originally and in the spirit of that I'm going to welcome to the stage my friend Lindsay who's an excellent storyteller actress comedian uh, she's fantastic Lindsay Ames everybody Hi, thank you. Hi, guys. Um, I held my poo for three and a half weeks 
when I was eight years old. I just wanted you guys to know what kind of person you're dealing with. I make very, very bad decisions, and as the doctor said, I'm full of it. Uh, yeah. I'm going to tell you guys about the time some of my da- bad decisions led to a near-death experience that resulted in me getting caught having sex for the very first time by my mother. That happened to anyone else in here? Mm, I'm the only one? Cool. I mean, it felt terrible. Uh, I'm going to set the stage. It was a sultry summer's evening. The air was ripe with testosterone and endless possibilities. Um, I just returned back home from university. Yeah, I'm Canadian. Sorry. Um, I I had just returned home, and and my best friend was taking me on a week-long surfing trip. And uh, I wanted to see my boyfriend before I left for that week so I could get in some heavy, hardcore finger-banging. I... uh, (laughs) I don't know if you can tell from me standing before you, but I, I wasn't always this wet dream. Um, I, uh, I grew up and my, my eyes were too big for my head. My head was too big for my body. And my chest was so flat that I used to check my back to see if they were coming out that way. I swear to God they were for a while. And I know you probably can't tell from my very natural blonde hair, but I was a brunette. And uh, I pretty much just looked like Harry Potter for most of my life. So the fact that I had a guy that was willing to just touch me and put things in me was amazing. But I still totally was like a romantic and believed in true love. And and so we hadn't, you know, gone for the, like, the home run yet. Um, So uh, my first bad decision, I, I left my house to go see him. I drove to the end of my block and I realized that I left my wallet at home. I sat at the stop sign. I was like a block away. Should I go back and get it? Nah. Nah. So like I headed, I saw my boyfriend. It was awesome. We had the best time. Uh, Second bad decision, got super, super stoned after and uh, and drove home. So I'm like three blocks away from my house. I'm approaching this major intersection. And the light is this beautiful green light for me. And as I'm approaching the intersection, I look over to the side and I see this amazing like... I think it was a Lambo or something, just like a really awesome car. And as I'm driving, I look and I'm like, oh, that car is awesome. And as I'm going through the intersection, I realize that the car isn't stopping and it's coming right for me. Everything goes into slow motion. And as the car hits me on my side, I remember thinking, if I survive this, I'm going to make so much fun of myself for the sound that I made. Because the car hit me and I went like this. my car like spun around three times so I like get out of the car I'm all in shock and and I look into the intersection and this guy runs out from the gas station and he runs into the intersection and he goes nobody move I've called an ambulance (laughs) and I realized my other bad decision I left my phone at home so I'm totally like adrenaline all this stuff and I, I see this other guy who was a witness and I walk up to him and I'm like do you have a quarter? He like looks at me. He's like, I need to call my mom. It's like you can use my cell phone. Thank you so much. And as I'm like thanking him, the guy who hit me comes this way. I'm like, Thank you so much. What the fuck were you doing? There was a red light. There was a fucking red. And then like the shock just fucking like poured over, and I had to sit down. So I sit down in the car, it's like 1 a.m. And I call my mom and the phone rings and the phone rings and all of a sudden I just hear, hello? Mom? Lindsay? Mom? Lindsay? Mom, I've been smoked. You've been what? I've been smoked. She's been what? She's been smoked. Like, Mom, I'm on the corner of 41st and Oak. Uh, I've just been in a really bad car accident. I need you to bring my wallet. So my mom and my dad rush down. And uh, and right before my mom gets to me, there is, like, the hottest fireman. And he comes, bends down, and he's like, 
do you need anything, sweetheart? And I look up at him, and I swear to God, I look up at him, and I go, just a little mouth-to-mouth, maybe. <laughs> and, uh, I really thought he was going to go for it for a second. And, uh, and then my mom, she's such a badass, she, like, comes over to me, and she, like, seconds before the policeman comes over, she, like, backhands me my wallet. She, like, just does me this fucking solid. And this is how I repay her. I'm such a fucking son of a bitch. Flash forward three weeks, okay? I've been at home, soft tissue damage, all up the yang-yang. Uh, I can't leave my house. And my parents were very conservative, and they'd never let me have boys up to my room. Well, where else am I going to do what we got to do? But, like, in the den, am I right? <laughs> So I had this whole thing like orchestrated where it was basically like the den is here. There's like a doorway here that goes like leads to the hallway that goes upstairs. You can hear everything. That's how we used to do it. Door open. If you heard the door open or close from upstairs, you knew you had to like pull shit together. It was on lock. Then there was like a door over here that would lead into the kitchen. Okay. So we're like getting into it. It's amazing. Um, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, and like we we really like decide that this is a time that we're gonna have sex. And I cannot say that it was making love uh, because my scrawny raver boyfriend at the time <laughs> had his Jenko jeans like down to here and his like t-shirt in that really fancy like just like not off, just just back. And you can see all his ribs, because that's, I think I had, like, a bigger torso than him in every respect. So all of a sudden, we just hear this, like, wishing by the door. And we are, like, like, he is standing, and he is, like, going, and I am just taking it, because that's what I think you do. Um, oh, my God, my virginity is so sad. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, so, so basically, all of a sudden, we just hear this, like, whizzing, and we're like, oh, we stop for a second. And then we just hear... Lindsay, can I see you in the kitchen for a moment? <sighs> so I, I pull on my, I pull on my sweats, and my underwear is only on like one side of my leg. And luckily for me, when I walk around the corner into the kitchen, there's a uh, an island, so you can only see this part of my body. So as I'm like walking around and having this conversation with my mom, I'm like gingerly taking my underwear that's like slid off my leg and like tucking it into the back of my pants so like i'm totally just like my mind's just like what the fuck what the fuck my mom goes Lindsay, yeah mom i think you better ask mike to go home and instead of just being like caught and being a semi-decent person i'm a fucking asshole and i go why because <laughs> we were making out and she stops you were doing a lot more than making out. <laughs> so, Mike leaves, and uh, I run upstairs. I actually, I feel like you'd love this because I found the diary. I have my scrawlings from that night, and it's basically, fuck, 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 I got caught having sex, fuck. What did they think I was gonna do? I'm 19, I'm gonna have sex. I mean, if they don't let me do it in my room, then where else am I gonna do it? Piece of shit. They send me to college. They feed me. They've taken care of me. And I still think that I should be able to fuck wherever I want in their house. Retard. So, I go to my boyfriend's house for three days. Uh, just to, like, dodge any sort of conflict. And uh, my mom and my sister work together. And so, my sister is living, though, in her own apartment. So, she has no idea what the hell's gone on. She goes into the office the next day. And my mom's just sitting there at her desk. Just like, Ugh. And my sister comes in and she goes, Mom, what's the matter? And my mom goes, your sister. I caught your sister having sex. And my sister goes, really? My mom goes, that's to symbolize what my legs were doing. Okay, my mom mimed my sex legs. So, so, so like, that night they go home and they're sitting in the den. My sister comes over to my parents' house and my dad has a dad chair. It's called a dad chair because that's the chair my dad sits in, right? My dad always sits in the dad chair. Well, this fucking one day he decides to sit on the couch. So my mom's sitting beside him. No, my mom's sitting in, in my dad's chair. My sister's sitting beside my dad and my mom goes to my sister. That's where it happened. <laughs> 
So uh, I decide to like, I've got a man up and I, and I call my mom. And I go, mom. Yes, Lindsay. Mom, I am, I am so, so sorry. Okay, Lindsay. Mom, I really, really love you. I love you too, Lindsay. You just, you make it so hard sometimes. I couldn't resist. That's what he said. Thank you guys so much. Lindsay Ames, everybody. and bring out my co-host for this evening. Uh, he is uh, the co-creator of Channel 101 and the Surrey Silverman program, the creator of Community, and my boyfriend, Mr. Dan Harmon. How you doing? Good, thank you. Um, were you ever caught by your parents? Uh, I got caught, uh, like, seriously caught masturbating by my mom in a way that, like, like not even, not even, like, fun porkies, pants around the ankles in bed, or just, like, I, I, I'm a kneeler, uh, and I was, uh, I was not living at home at the time. So it was like a Costanza thing happening there. Like I, I, like I was an adult. I was like in my twenties, and I could have sworn my mom said that she was going to the neighbors. She said she she said something that she must have said. I'm going in the backyard, and I, we must have had uh, friends named the Flackfards or something. And I thought that she was going away, and I just like ripped off my pants and, and just like I, I what room were you in the living room because that's that's where the television is I didn't have a bedroom there anymore it was her sewing room uh, and uh, and so I just I, you know I put on something I, God knows what it was VHS days so whatever whatever I knew was stashed there somewhere and I just like just just pants off and just kneeling and just just going to town in front of the TV and then well, like, it's hard to like adjust from that position to like a relaxed position. Yeah, there's nothing you can do except but then the patio door slides open and my mom's just there and she's like ah! and I'm like I, I said, you said you were going to the neighbors and, and like I, it's yeah it's the worst. Oh boy, yeah. uh, how are you doing otherwise? <laughs> since uh, that's happened. Well, it's been Does downhill since then. Yeah, uh, Did she ever talk to you about that? Was it ever mentioned? I I don't know. I never bring it up. <laughs> I, maybe I should. I guess I'm always bringing up the wrong stuff that she did, and she's always saying, I don't remember that. And I should maybe I should test her by saying, do you remember when I jerked off in front of you? <laughs> I, was, I was caught once in high school by my dad. I was in the living room, but I had like a big blanket over me, but it was the middle of the summer. Yeah, that's Bush League. <laughs> a, bl- a blanket over you. I, mean. I had a blanket over me, and my dad came home, and I and I don't know what I was uh, pleasing myself to, but I know that I was watching TRL. And uh, my dad walked in and clearly knew what was going on and said, it's not hot in here! And I was like, I am a... I'm cold. I'm a cold person. No, you're not. You're always warm. Like, I just, I was, was he a strip club DJ? <laughs> uh, put your hands together for my daughter. It's not hot enough in here, fellas. No, it's, it's hot as if you don't need a blanket. Yeah, I know. Okay. But, I mean, he expounded. Like, like, like enough, Dad. Yeah. Ooh. Ugh, indeed. Um... Uh, I threw a uh, I threw a stapler at a raccoon that was in our kitchen uh, before I came to the show tonight. Oh my god! Dan and I live together, and there's this raccoon who keeps on coming in through the doggy door. We've named him Hauser at first lovingly. Like two months ago, remember when we were like, ah, how yeah. cute that there's a raccoon that's He's coming adorable. in. Yeah, we have a dog. This raccoon comes in and steals the dog's dog food, and uh, our dog had surgery yesterday. Got his balls removed. Yeah, sad. It was very sad. I, I 
cried for too long um, over over my dog doing something that's totally normal, getting uh, getting neutered. Anyway, uh, today I heard a commotion downstairs, and like over the course of a month, like I bought a humane raccoon trap. We ended up catching the neighbor's cat and an opossum. <laughs> Uh, and then just kind of like yeah, we were like Davy Crockett for a while, like, with, a, yeah. with, with one exception, we couldn't couldn't catch a I raccoon. Like, so, that we had some text exchange or, or something where we we're like, well, what, what do we do if we catch the raccoon? Well, I'll drive him out to a sanctuary somewhere, and we'll find a thing. But tonight, I I, I now I'm so uh, protective. And the other night, this raccoon snarled at me like a like like one of the trolls in Willow. And now I'm like, I have to kill this raccoon. Uh, he came into the kitchen and. I I ran downstairs and he popped outside and I opened the door and I saw him and I had a stapler in my hand and I threw it at him. I missed. But I think he knows. He knows. He knows. You can throw things now. Yeah. Something's, something's going to happen. Uh, we're going to bring out our uh, our guest for tonight. You know him from the, uh, the movie The Virginity Hit, from the uh, Nickelodeon show Victorious, and from Bridesmaids. Let's welcome Mr. Matt Bennett, everybody. Hi everyone. That's the uh, theme song to Victorious. <laughs> it is. That's has not that singing. Has anyone watched Victorious here? All right. <laughs> I was. Oh, this actually, should be fun. Uh, I was an original cast member for a while. I knew you looked. The familiar. show was on the air longer than you. You know, it's an old show. We actually, there was one person the, in the pilot episode who, for some reason, we were we were like a vicious group of girls. We're like, we don't like that guy, and we said it to the creator. And when we got picked up, he was gone. Wow. So maybe it was wow. you. Yeah. Okay. You grew up. I was going to say, maybe you were the soothsaying uh, janitor who lived in the basement. Like, you don't know if he's real or if he's fake. Is it called Victorious because the the protagonist is Victoria or is she Tori and she... Her, her real name in real life is Victoria. And on the show, she plays Tori. And, oh, okay. the, Vic, and the Tori in Victorious is, you know, capitalized, all the letters. Does she uh, have to take with it what you will? <laughs> Does she have a secret identity as a singer or something? No, it's sort of like a, a Cinderella story where she has an evil sister and she's auditioning to be in this uh, fancy performing arts kind of fame high school, and uh, she can't sing the night of the audition, so Victoria has to step up, and she is amazing. Yeah, I watched the pilot today. I watched the pilot and uh, a couple episodes from the most recent season. In the pilot, she's yeah, she, she's this she's this more beautiful uh, girl, and her sister is like, I'm the singer, and then uh, and then for some reason, like her sister can't perform, and she gets up, and she's amazing, and knows all this choreography. She and- uses uh, an ancient Chinese gargle for her throat, and it makes her tongue uh, engorged, <laughs> and she can't sing because it's going to explode if she does. <laughs> Nickelodeon <laughs> makes sense. But the, the thing I noticed about the pilot versus the the episode that I saw in the pilot. Are you going to talk about the puppet head? Yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, on the show, I played the wacky ventriloquist. So for four years, Every I, show I, has I, ca- one. I carried around a ventriloquist dummy, and we called him Rex. And in the pilot, his head is about the size of like three potatoes put together. It's huge. He so has a huge weird, potatoes is weird big, right? unit of measure to use. Do you guys do you guys not measure things in potatoes? <laughs> when, when How it, many not, potatoes not when is it's this? not when something's three potatoes big. Then it looks like well because it's not also say it's like one a potato. It looks like a potato. It looks like they took a Mr. Potato head and then put it on a dummy's body. How many potatoes is my head? <laughs> one and a half. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe one and three quarters. Did they carry through the evil stepsister thing into into the series? Was yeah, she constantly she, like like I hope I get to sing again? Yeah, and she would always get us into wacky mischief. Well, in the most up. in the most uh, recent episode I saw, your your dummy was re- replaced by a very like sexy acoustic guitar. That's right. Yeah. When did um, that happen? We did uh, one episode. This this was what was cool about uh, being on Nickelodeon. Is I was on a, a show created by this guy Dan Schneider. And he has an amazing track record over at Nickelodeon. He's done, uh, he did all that. Keenan and Cal, Amanda Show, Drake and Josh, iCarly, all of the big ones. Candy so, and Phoebe. Can- <laughs> Tim and Tim. Johnny and, and Joni. Uh, Slimehouse. Gary. Slimehouse rules. And, no, so, so he, he has this great track record, and they kind of let him get away with more stuff than, uh, than you usually would. And I forgot the question from all of the names. Uh, you, you switched to guitar. <laughs> right, okay, so uh, there was one episode where uh, he's like, I have a song that I want you to sing. And I say, great, and he sends me this audio clip of him singing a song about broken glass and how much fun it is to play with it. 
And he's like, can you make a guitar, you know, riff to this? And I said, sure. And because he's Dan, they let him do it. They, you know, so I'm, I sing a song about breaking glass and playing with it on the show. <laughs> so that's how that got started. And I was so good. They let me do it again with another song. Because I think you're swell, which I actually wrote. Amazing. Oh, Thank so you. so you're on. <laughs> you're on. You're on this show. Uh, this 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 kid show. Do you get any any creepy mail? Do you? What is I your experience? Get, with- I only get creepy mail because <laughs> who uses mail anymore? <laughs> I, creeps. Yeah. Creeps. <laughs> yeah. Chances are, if something comes with a stamp on it, right? Yeah. It's you either, don't want to open. It, it either has weight to it because you ordered it. The weird thing is, they find me. That's what's strange. Like, they get my address somehow. Do they really get your address? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, so, you must be the target of, uh, of the, of the, uh, of the pedo- pedo- Pedophi- pedophiles. <laughs> of, is, that, of, is that what we're talking about? Nambla? Like, like, yeah. Are you, you're, you're young. I for, look young enough. Yeah, he's a young looking yeah. man. I, just, I have a friend, I have a friend who man. was an actor uh, when he was uh, much younger. He was in an episode of, um, of Highway to Heaven and stuff like that. Like, he was wow. a, he was a, he was he did some acting when he was a kid and he he found like websites where there's pictures of him in Highway to Heaven with his shirt off and yeah. and just forums of people going like oh boy next door I'd like to see what could get a cup of sugar from him and it's like still <laughs> he's he's 42 uh, yeah, I was looking through your Tumblr tags. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of a lot of a lot of gifts of you like almost kissing other actors right. on the show. They throw that in sometimes because now shipping, which right. is like mm-hmm. relationshiping online, is is huge. Shipping man, so there's some you can't amazing, do right by a you shipper. You can't ship, but I do want to. I I have two really great fan letter stories, and I would love to to tell them. They're really quick. Sorry, that's our show, everybody. Thank uh, you guys. Thank you so much. No, please tell follow them. me on Twitter. Um, there was one kid who met me at an event or, you know, came to a signing because we had CDs. We did sing on the show. And uh, he took a picture with me and signed it and sent it to me. Signed, like, his side of it and sent it to me. Just like, here, here you go, kid. <laughs> so I have a picture of some random kid <laughs> that he signed and I'm sitting next to him. And, uh, and then the other approach. one, that was fun. Then the other one was uh, this girl printed out uh, every picture of me on Google Images and wrote captions on all of them and made a book out of it, out of a folder. And I, there was one uh, that, I, that I, I took out of the book and I put it up on my wall because it's me holding up like a microphone and she, uh, she wrote, uh, I like this pic of you. You look very sexy, baby. And then all in caps, don't tell anyone about this, please. <laughs> I have a picture of it too. I don't know if you guys want to pass my phone around the room, but that's a real story. Picture of her letter? Yes, I took a picture of it. I thought it was yeah, too funny. I don't, is this kosher? Are you gonna? What if she's out there? And, I know. Let oh, us pick man. up you. You're very sexy, baby. Don't tell anyone about this, please. Wow. Uh, sorry. Validate it to the audience that I am yeah, telling the truth. Yeah. I mean, this this writing is uh, it's it's so y- young looking. The scrawl of a deranged child. Also, <laughs> also not a very flattering uh, no, picture of you. None it's of not them a are. Very sexy pic. It doesn't doesn't totally. Uh, I'm more of those. Like I'm you. one of those. Uh, looks better in in person people. Um, but but young lady, you're pr- you're probably a good person if you're listening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, is it, are we recording this? Is this going live? Oh, if it you're is listening just to her, room. actually. She requested this uh, show and recording. It's really? Going straight to her. Mm-hmm. Is she going to come out behind a, behind a panel? She's in the booth. Angela! <laughs> Hi, Angela. <laughs> um, no, she's watching Victorious. She what? used the wrong form of your fuck, fuck her. <laughs> I was sticking up for her, but there's no excuse for that. You learned that in like third grade. Yeah. It's a, it's a contraction of you are. It's, just, I, uh, it's not that people act like it's so complicated and it's insane. <laughs> uh, Matt, do you know what uh, do you know what GeoCities is? Yeah, of course. Do you make guys your, know what, uh, do, do you guys remember website. GeoCities and Angel Fire? And I had a uh, GeoCities uh, Christian Bale fan page that you made. Y- yes, not Why? not that I inherited. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I made this uh, Christian Christian Bale uh, web page with, around the time of Little Women before he was in uh, before he was Batman. And when I he took, was in Newsies, yes, singing Newsies, and dancing, Little Women, um, Metroland. <sighs> um, <laughs> I, uh, but I took pictures from uh, from the internet, and I uh, I printed them out onto iron-on transfers. And every night, I would go to bed on a Christian Bale pillow and a David Bowie pillow, and would kiss them to sleep, and would would hope that they like would make out with them, like. 
Um, I don't think I understood making out at that time. So well, I think it was probably just like you, you know, in a in an aquarium, those uh, fish that you buy to clean the sides of the of yeah, the tank. Placastomy. It was probably like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of that situation. Uh, and well, I, that's making out. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's not like those things are delicately pecking the side of the tank. They're, they're sucked <laughs> on for... You You kiss me sometimes. I uh, I, I think I... I have my moments. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that now. Just like that. Right. Yeah. I was, I was trying to suck their essence. I was just wondering if color. you're like, ma- like, like, like... I mean, like, like when I was uh, younger and then also as an adult, whenever I'm between relationships, uh, <laughs> like, like, oh, like, like, kiss a pillow. Like, like... I it's a guy thing. Oh, okay. Like, like, I just because of the urge. I, I don't know. It's so I had sad a, and lonely. I had like a, a big pillow, and it was sort of like you know, you know, in Japan they have those uh, those people body pillows. Mm-hmm. It was sort of the size of that. And, you know, you just you just lay and you kind of wrap a leg around it. Yeah. And just uh, my dad called it, it. It's it's a stupid name, but he called it Shaniqua. I don't know why. <laughs> stupid. But you were you were cuddling up to it. Yeah, as a, you know, as a girlfriend for well, the, for those long long nights. Back long to cold these nights. two obsessive fans. Like I think about the reason why I bring up the Christian Bale thing is like I, if I was to see him in in person at that time, or even just thinking about him, he would make me cry. Like, you see these video, videos of uh, fans of the Beatles at concerts, and they're they're dying and like stabbing themselves in the throat. And, uh, we, you've seen this video, right? Um, I'm exaggerating, but that, like, you you must get all these like tweets all this all the time, and that must be very overwhelming. The the main question that I get asked on Twitter is, "Will you follow me?" That's the number one question that I get asked all the time. Sometimes they'll spam me; they'll do twenty times in a row. But yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. Uh, luckily, here in Los Angeles, I live sort of in this area, so there's not many many kids around. Uh, not to say I don't like kids. I love I love children. But um, the weird <laughs> soundbite. Love yeah. Uh, the weird the weird part is like when you meet them and they they come up to you and they're like shaking. Uh, I've met kids that vibrate. That you know they're shaking in their in their boots, scared. I don't know why because I'm I'm very approachable. So <laughs> well, you're wearing that know. shirt that says I love children. Come yes. say hi. No, it's, it's not a shirt. It's on the side of my car. <laughs> but a fire hydrant is approachable. But if you were somehow, if you somehow like watched a show about a fire hydrant for twenty years and then right. got to meet a fire hydrant in a world where there were no fire hydrants on each corner, like you would, and you hugged it, like you, yeah, it happens. Like, well, here's like the, you're, you're symbolic. You know, here's the like weird thing about they're freaking out about how all this works. Um, one of the main reasons. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get honest. Uh, one of the main reasons that, reasons that I started um, acting was because I really liked Miley Cyrus. I thought that she was the the end all be all amazing girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was a mall rat up up like ninth grade up until I graduated. And uh, I would go. We, there was a leather store. I'm from I'm from Long Island, New York, Massapequa. There was a leather store that that me and my friends uh, we it was our, our refuge from all of the. The stupid stores in the mall. <laughs> All the non-animal All, yeah. product stores. Get out of here, Hollister. We're going to the leather store. <laughs> what did they do? I'm, a, I'm also sure you provide more than a fire hydrant. I didn't mean to imply that you were in any way... That I wasn't drawing an equation that, that, that personally there. No, it's okay. I was, I was saying... I was trying to illustrate why. I, I, just, I was just processing that in my head. Just... Dan Harmon calls young actor fire, fire hydrant. hydrant. Right. <laughs> what happened to the fire hydrant? Don't flatter yourself. I, I didn't... <laughs> I did not mean it that way. I, I, I just meant, like, yeah. They, but know. what an interesting perspective a fire hydrant must have about us. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so you go to the So, yeah, I would store. go to this leather store. Where they would sell jackets and belts. Jackets, belts, hats. They're, they're biggest, they love telling the story about when Eddie Murphy came in. They're like, <laughs> he came in and bought, like, hundreds of dollars worth of leather goods. And this was the 80s. And I was like, okay, great. Uh, it was, there were these two guys. I, don't, I never learned their real names. Me and my friends just called them Butch and Stretch. Because one was small and had a little handlebar mustache. I'm not making this up. And the other one was taller. I believe you. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we would talk about who I was going to date when I moved out to Los Angeles. Uh, I'm like, you're going to date that Miley Cyrus? I'm like, you know it. <laughs> so that was my uh, that was my life. So uh, I know what you, it's like when Miley these kids Cyrus? come up. I actually have. Yeah? I didn't what, meet... what happened? She was really nice. That's what's so strange. Because now, you know, she seems so crazy. But she was very, very nice. Yeah. I don't know. Well, she <laughs> might, so, nice, Sometimes maybe she seems crazy, but she never seems mean or anything. That's no. true. She's probably yeah. pretty friendly. 
Yeah, I like I liked probably. her I liked her rap about how she was quitting Twitter. That's what that's the last time. I and then she it. got back on Twitter. Yeah, that fucking bitch. <laughs> be consistent. Uh, be consistent. Uh, Dan, you you. I just thought it was so funny. The the the, the I got into the business because of Miley Cyrus. Uh, you're, you're, you're so young. Uh, um. So, so it was just because you had a crush on Miley Cyrus, or like this is? It was that. I I also. Um, I, I've never really been religious, but my mom wanted me to start going to church. And uh, when I w- started going, uh, there was this girl there named Chelsea, and I fell in love with Chelsea. She was amazing, and she was really into gay guys. She was really into like theater kids. So I really tried. They they were doing a performance of <laughs> like Joseph. She was friends with a lot of gay kids. No, she, she was, was like, I love that guy. I'm like, he's gay. He's he's out, and she's just like, I know, but like, he's re- I don't know. <laughs> And they were doing a Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, and I and I was in it. Who, and my parents who were you? I was Benjamin, the oh, youngest yeah. son. I was props master for props master. Uh huh. <laughs> was that like when he's in the jail? No, no, no. I auditioned for it and I didn't make it. They made me props master. Props but master. I thought you said crops. Crops I, thought you, I, thought, I thought it was a character. <laughs> in, I was just like, I've yeah. never heard of the Crops Master. <laughs> like it was the apothecary. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's like, a horror film from the, you know, from the in early 80s. Or Crops like Master. In, in children's theater, they always assign uh, extraneous parts that d- don't exist oh, in yeah. the original production. Yeah, yeah, like, the you're Miller. Crops Master. <laughs> That's you're, the, you're the coat watcher. <laughs> it's sad because they usually pump those shows uh, full of the kids. Like, yeah. it's so hard to even see, you know, like, from, from a parent's perspective, it's hard to even see the kid that you came here to see, because it's just, like, million extras, and then two in the front singing. It's, it's Well, weird. you and I are very different. High, uh, school, high school and community. Th- no, no, no. I was, I was uh, ensemble for most of my life. Well. I just feel like a fire. I felt like a fire hydrant up on stage. <laughs> Which we've established is the, the best thing. Is the best thing. Um, Dan, you, you've had uh, encounters with fans. Uh, yeah. I've felt they're shaking bodies. <laughs> do any? It's do no any, different for writers. When uh, when was the first time that like someone approached you and you're like, oh, whoa, this is this is a, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I don't I don't want you to explain like a creepy story necessarily, but uh, are there any that stick out from the beginning where? I don't know. I I I, 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 I I'm I. It, it would sound pre- it sounds presumptuous or pretentious to say it all starts to bleed together, but understand that that's because I'm 40, not because I'm amazing or anything. Or I've been the, the it, it's like like I was when I was in Milwaukee, I would I would did I did like you know shitty improv that college kids would come to, and there was al- there's always there's always somebody that that you know like really you know they're like holy shit like this is this is something i can really get into this person this is representative to me it's symbolic to me and like like you know there's a, like 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 fans that that uh i've never i've never i i i i mean this uh, oh god I, I i feel like i feel i feel weird like 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 giving specifics because it feels almost like bullying or something because it, just like, name the most nerdiest of the time, fan most of the time the fans are very nice and very respectful and they come oh, yeah, up totally. and yeah you know, yeah yeah they, they sometimes I, get two I mean, or three that really stand out like oh my god i mean what, I, I, if the, we're all apologizing where did that I'm person come from that, uh, the guy the, the there's one that i do that i enjoy talking about that i don't actually feel like because it's not like oh what a dork for being emotionally vulnerable it's it's more like hey let's make fun of the mentally ill which is great uh the, there's the, there's this guy that uh uh i got this letter from sony uh uh like in 2006 or something that said i got a call from 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 sony their legal department and they said hey have you ever met a guy named blah 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 and i said no and they're like oh good um, uh, so, uh, look, we're going to send you some stuff he's been sending us, and uh, <laughs> we're all done with him. Uh, our security department's kind of closing the file, so we're just going to send you everything we have on him. Uh, he's He's been by the lot a couple times, and he's very interested in uh, Monster House, which uh, which you wrote uh, part of. And, and, and then they sent me this box of stuff that was like... I opened it and it was like <laughs> <laughs> uh, like what was in the back? It, just a lot of like letters and stuff about how I uh, I had um, murdered his daughter and was <laughs> bragging about it in secret code through Monster House and was Sony really was Sony really that casual where they're like we have some stuff well <laughs> yes and no I mean this is the you know 
This is the company that that that. You know, uh, Whitney Houston's album sales somehow uh, the price of her album somehow spiked after she OG'd in a hotel room, and no one knows why yet. Uh, um, this is a, a and this was their legal department calling me to basically say, as far as I'm, if I'm interpreting it right, they were going, "This is out of our hands, so you can't sue us if he murders you." Like, like we're giving you this stuff not because you're entitled to it, but because if we were if we withheld it and stopped investigating this guy you know and then you got hurt then you could somehow maybe you know claim against us so they were just kind of washing their hands of it by handing me this box I was like <laughs> what if it was like a rain man kind of thing and they you know they wanted you to take on this guy that's not the plot of rain man but like what, <laughs> what, what, what if what if you had like this crazy guy you're like i'm gonna no it's okay they're handing you the file so that you could take over and become his like you know his keeper uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, I, I was I was so fascinated by it because I've I've always been fascinated by uh, by 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 mental illness. Probably like I, I, I it hits close to home. Ever since there was an internet, uh, you know, it's like, like people that are that suffer from schizophrenia, which is a serious thing. I'm not making fun of it. That, um, you know, one in one in what 100 people or 20 people have it, and it's it's a bummer. Um, uh, but and but their websites are amazing, and and like because they make these weird connections. And Angela. <laughs> and then they say like, "Oh, Harrison Ford is chasing me, and he's he's friends with these robots, and they're they're irradiating my testicles." And it's like so amazing, like they make this stuff. And I do, I will confess, like I always kind of fantasized about like, I wish a crazy person would would incorporate something I I'm wrote. So sorry, into was their... that Tony Hawk? <laughs> I, Tony thought he, Hawk I thought was, he was the guy who sent all the letters. Yeah. I thought he was getting up like, I can't take it anymore. Someone who went to the bathroom, he looks just like Tony Hawk. Um, I would see stuff on the internet. Can like, everybody applaud? When I was in college, um, I my first uh, job was as an usher for Baz Luhrmann's production of La Boheme uh, in San Francisco. And we were instructed before the show, like, you know, there are going to be some famous people who come in. Uh, you can't, you know, be cool. Just show them to, to their seats. Don't ask for an autograph. Don't acknowledge that they're famous. And I had never seen anyone who was famous before, except for Hulk Hogan at, uh, at, at, uh, at Disneyland, like, when I was 10, which was a story I told all the time when I was 18 years old. Like, yeah, I saw him. Um, anyway, so, so, I'm, uh, so I'm 18 years old, and I'm working at this theater, and I was a huge, and still I'm a huge Tom Waits fan. And Tom Waits came up to the. This is the first like fa- first person I admired that I had ever met in person. And he came up, and and I thought that I was really cool, or I assumed that I would be really cool. He gave me his ticket, and I shaking like, and I'm sure he saw me shaking, shaking. Showed him to his seat, and showed his his girlfriend to his seat. And I meant to say, enjoy the show. Instead, I was like, I love you, <laughs> I, like a like a bark, not like a I love you, but a I love you. Just I, I couldn't control it. And he was like, thank you, thank you, darling. And then I and then I, I fell. I loved it. Um, and then the rest of the show, like that, I sh- I sh- the, the story's kind of nice ending it there, but uh, the rest of the show, I kept on purposely walking by and smiling at him, and I'm sure could, by, by the 10th time I did that, it was like, okay, yeah, we had that moment. That's uh, it's great. Does anyone here, um, anyone here in the audience, does anyone have an embarrassing fan approach story? Has anyone approached anyone and had a thing happen? Right here. Come on down, sir. Got a hat. Hello. Hello. What is your name? Kurt. 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 Um, it's not really approaching, but I, I used to do extra work all the time. And I was on the Warner Brothers lot, and I went into, they have these long trailers, you know, a bunch of stalls for bathrooms. And I went in there, and I'm at the stall, and I'm peeing. And I look over, because nice. the door opens. I know. And I look over, and, this, and Bruce Willis walks in. Oh. I know, I know. So he stands. He's standing right next to me, peeing as well. And I don't know why, but I look. Well, because he drinks liquid, just like everyone well, yeah. else. <laughs> I do know why. That's true. Um, but I looked over, and I still don't know why I looked over. And and like, so I'm looking over, and I look up, and he's just staring right at me. And he's like, "Can I help you?" Oh. So I was like, "Shit, do I?" I'm like. I'm, I'm a big fan, and I went with that route. And so then I'm sitting there telling him about Die Hard while he's peeing, and I'm like, oh, this is the worst fucking thing ever. But uh, You were looking at Bruce's welling. Yeah, I'm like, hey, there's your dick. Let me tell you how great you are. So, oh, yeah. man, thanks, Kurt. Yeah, yeah, no trouble. That is uh, that's a bummer. 
I mean, there's no way out of that. Is that you had to either accept that uh, you had to just look at his penis and have him say, "Can I help you?" and then walk away from that rhetorical question, <laughs> or or do do what you did and say, "Hey, love your work." <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. yeah. Do you pass up? Do you pass up that moment? If you, if you, either of you, if you were in that position and like you, you knew somehow I've that seen Bruce Willis's penis, and now I have to say something to him. <laughs> what do I? Say? Is that the position? No, no. I mean, if you are in uh, in Bruce Willis's position, like if you found out, if somehow you you had the knowledge that like your biggest fan in the entire world, someone who's modeled their entire life after you, is in a uh, urinal next to you, would you be cool with them talking to you while you're? peeing i'm setting you up for failure or success i guess i mean sometimes you'll get you know as a guy you'll get a, a drunk guy standing next to you try and talk to you while, while you pee so it's not you know i'd probably just roll with it I'd probably just go with it yeah it's not i mean unless somebody's like reaching out to hug you right yeah <laughs> if they just want wanna, somebody touching you while you pee if they just want to talk yeah it seems like yeah I have, I have a real question i mean people as long as they don't take a picture <laughs> you know, Has that happened? No, it hasn't. Thank God. Uh, I uh, people tell these stories about people talking to them in the bathroom. Do you? Does your pee stop? Like if you're if you're peeing in the urinal and someone's you know, hey hey, how's it going, Matt? Does it stop? Well, no, it sucks back up into you. You'll <laughs> and be then out your mouth. All yeah. the pee in the urinal, including yeah. everyone else. So, <laughs> that's the danger. That's you just get so startled. It's like. Uh, <laughs> But one in ten times that happens, you uh, get superpowers. So, Super what would those powers be? Just the strength of a spider and stuff. It's not. It's not pee powers. If that's what you thought. Okay. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah. The power I, to relieve other people. Pee powers. Um, I just heard someone say, "What?" Uh, maybe it was myself. Who said that? <laughs> uh, we are going. I have a special uh, surprise. Matt, uh, as you mentioned earlier, is a musician, and he wrote a song for Victorious that I heard today, which is which is wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, it's called "You're Swell." I think you're swell. I think you're swell. Well, can you change it? <laughs> just for just for tonight. Just for tonight. Yeah. Uh, it's called "I Think You're Swell." So uh, let's hear it for our musical guest, Mr. Matt Bennett. <laughs> Grab his guitar. Okay. Awesome. Chicken, make the peanuts in my butter Adding fiber to our diets Beneficial for each other Your piece of dental floss And I am the teeth You're Aretha Franklin I'm Ari S-P-E-C-T You're baby giraffe And I'm a safety ranger You're the father and ghost I'm baby Jesus in the manger A love spans 40 acres Filled with apple trees You're Thanksgiving I'm the turkey You're Aquila I'm the bee You're guitar And I'm the strings Like a jet ski in the water You're New York I'm the buildings You're my mother I'm your father <laughs> I think you're swell. I think you're swell. If you're Bobby, I'll be Whitney. If you're Method, I'll be Redman. If you're Carrie, I'm Samantha. If you're Oprah, I'll be Stedman. If you're Leia, I'm Han Solo. If you're Warbucks, I'll be Annie. If you're Puff the Magic Dragon, I'll be Peter, Paul, and Mary. I love you like a cop's marathon on TV. I love you more than the original Star Wars trilogy. I am the walrus, you are the goo goo gajoob. I'm a whole lot of nothing, you are the much ado. When I say I'm in love, it's more than any love is meant. And if we ever go jogging, I'll be your antiperspirant. <laughs>
the giant to your Richards, the Bruce Willis to your diehard. If you're a molten lava room, I'll be the one in that guard. You're the joke to my give me the words in my dictionary. Chris Forty and Ginger, I'll be baby posh and scary. We go together like pastrami on rye. Like watching Titanic and trying not to cry. You're in my head like a song, you're in my mind like a zombie. More fun than Frisbee in the park, our puff and the mummy. We go together like a parade to confetti. And later, if you're hungry, I'll make some spaghetti. Okay, I'm back. Uh, you can find Matt Bennett's song, I Think You're Swell, on iTunes, and uh, his album Warm Fuzzies Volume 1 as Mott Bonnet, that's M-O-T-T-B-O-N-N-O-T-T, on Bandcamp, and he is uh, at Matt Bennett uh, on Twitter, two N's, two T's. Lindsay Ames is at Lindsay Ames. Uh, you watch Dan's show Rick and Morty, which is, uh, I'm recording this in the, the vocal booth, uh, where they're letting us record a lot of... Feral Audio Podcast now, but Rick and Morty's this, like, really... I, I, I'm working here in the office, and I, I'm seeing the, the show, the storyboards, and it's like a highly meta, warped, back-to-the-future parody. It's going to be premiering in December um, on Adult Swim. Please check it out, and thanks to Starburns Industries for letting us record here. Um, so you can check that. Community will be back on the air in January 2nd on NBC. Uh, please follow this show, this feels terrible at feels terrible that's at feels terrible and please follow uh artist cake baker uh torturer aaron mcgathy at aaron mcgathy thanks for putting up with this please tune in next week when aaron will actually be here thanks Geico gets you access to licensed agents 24-7, which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you, like your wife when you forget your keys at work. Hey, hon, you get my texts? I am looking for the spare house key. Hmm, maybe I can get through the window. Ah, <laughs> turns out the alarm works. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it, it works fast. <laughs> you, you, you should probably call me back. Geico, always there for you, with savings and 24-7 access to licensed agents.